Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. Amen. Well, we're so excited today. It's a special day as well to have a special guest with us, my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law, Anthony and Kim Ballestero, who pastor New Destiny Worship Center in Clearwater, Florida. Now, the last time he was here was two years ago when my oldest daughter got married. We joke uh, that the only time I come to Florida or he comes to Virginia is if we're marrying somebody or burying somebody. (laughs) One of those two. But that's not enough. So we are glad to have them with us today. Pastor Anthony's going to come bring us the word of the Lord. Why don't we give him a good, warm Virginia Life Church welcome? Amen. And we're going to get to hear from his wife today as well. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Can we give Jesus a hand of praise? I mean, he's the reason why we showed up here this morning. Lift your hands up and just kind of raise your voice and give them a shout of praise in the sanctuary. I think it would be great for us to have a celebration of praise and worship on this Sunday morning. Pastor, it's an honor. Thank you for the opportunity to minister this weekend. I loved getting to speak to the men of Life Church. You have a wonderful group of men that serve, worship, and attend here You have a wonderful uh, pastoral family, and we love uh, Pastor and Sister Thompson and, of course, Lindsay and Xavier and uh, the the, the kids. We're just so thankful for all of them, and uh, the fact that we get to be with you all this weekend means a lot to us. Kim and I just celebrated on um, Wednesday. We celebrated... 31 years of marriage, and I'm very, very thankful for that. And uh, before I minister the Word of God, I'd like for her just to uh, share in song or whatever she feels here. I've had my share of life's ups and downs. God's been good to me. And the doubts have been few I guess you could say That God has blessed me For there's never been a time in my life When He didn't bring me through And if anyone should ever write my life story for whatever reason there might be he'd be there between each line of pain and glory oh yes he would and that's why i say that is the best thing that ever happened Jesus is the best thing that ever happened Jesus is the best thing that 
just say thank you, Lord. Lift my hands and say, Thank you for every victory. Thank you for every battle that you brought us through, for every problem, every mountain that has been removed, every situation that has happened in our life, that we always are victorious in you. 
for all of this we give you praise give you glory and give you honor and we pray in these next few moments that the entrance of your word would bring light and life to someone in this place we pray that the Holy Ghost would descend into this room and begin to minister to people from the front to the back touch my heart today send the power that makes preaching effective I pray that the Holy Spirit will work in a deep way and that you'll start something that will never stop that the fire will always be burning and for this we give you praise in the mighty matchless holy name of Jesus would you just give him praise this morning would you give the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords some glory in the sanctuary if you know God is good and if he's done anything good for you somebody say yes somebody say amen come on when it really comes on you you just add the yes and the amen together somebody says yes somebody says amen but when you really feel it just say yes amen <laughs> amen amen God bless you I want to step right into the word of God this morning there is a word from the Lord today. It is found in the gospel according to Luke. I'll begin reading at the fifth verse. And the word of the Lord reads, And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight? And say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him, because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Come on, just, just kind of tap yourself right now. This, this is a very direct word for this entire congregation. He said, he told the, the, the parable, but then he said, so I say to you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For every one who asks receives. And he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be open. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more Will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And let the church say amen. I'm preaching to you this morning on this subject, the Holy Spirit. On this Pentecost Sunday, I believe God would like for someone to just be introduced to a whole new arena. You're a believer today, but by the end of this day, you could be a spirit-filled believer, filled with his spirit and empowered to do the work of God. I love this passage. It is actually one of my favorite in the Gospel of Luke, and I refer to it often 
and often say to people that he gives the Holy Spirit to those who ask him for it. It's a lot of erroneous thoughts that go through um, through churches, and and I've had people come to me and they'll say things like, you know, um, man, I caught the Spirit, or you know, um, and. And what they mean was that, that they, they went to a concert or they went somewhere and it, there was a really good feeling. There was a good vibe going on, you know, that musicians were good and, and, and you know, they just caught the, what they, they just kind of got caught up in the spirit of that moment. And I'm, I'm not against any of that. I enjoy all of that. But, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a very distinct thing and its teachings are found in New Testament scripture, and, and when you receive the Holy Spirit, there's not going to be a question in your life as to what you received. When I talk to people and ask them, especially, if, I don't know, I think, you know, I felt pretty good when I prayed, that, that, that's, that's not the receiving of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I would not be surprised in a few moments when we pray that they, there may be people that will come and very specifically ask God to fill them with his spirit, whether it be uh, in this altar or at the pew, that the Bible says to everyone that asks, he gives it to everyone that asks. And that, so that puts no label on where you came from. If you come from a particular denomination or organization or group or church that he puts, there, there's no restriction on that. You, you don't have to have a history in church. You, you, you may have walked in the church for the first time, but when you are hungry for the things of God, the Bible says when you ask to him who asked, he shall receive. And when you seek it out, you'll find it. And, and when you knock, the door will be open. In our text this morning, there is uh, opposite ends of the spectrum because on one end of the spectrum, he starts by sharing the parable of a friend. He said, if you have a friend and the friend has already put his kids in bed and set the alarm, closed the gate, and you have someone, a friend, come from a far place, and you failed to go to the grocery store and get bread before they got there, and now you want to come over to my house and get chips and bread and all of that, and it's midnight, the friend is going to tell you, listen, bud, my kids are already in bed. We got to get up early for work this morning. The friend will not enjoy having to get up and get you food and give it to you. But if you're persistent, if you keep calling and texting and knocking, that after a while that man, the friend, is going to get up and is going to go get the bread and just give it to you so he can get you out of his world and he can go back to sleep. And then the, the parable just shifts to a very specific uh, uh, directive to us and it just begins to talk about the fact that when we ask, when we knock, and when we seek, that we will find what we're looking for. And he begins to talk this time not about a friend, but this time he begins to talk about a father. And I like this, this opposite ends of the spectrum because this friend will do it if you're persistent. 
But what he's trying to say is a father has much more invested than a friend. You know, uh, uh, friendships can end. That's actually the last three letters in that word, friend, has an end. There's some friendships that end and some friendships need to end. But some friendships do end. But we understand that the, the relationship that you and I have with our Heavenly Father, He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, but I'll be with you always. I'll be with you through every trial, through the tribulations of life, through every issue you go through. I'll be with you. And so He shifts from the relationship of a friendship that could end for any reason to the relationship of a father and which he said, your heavenly father. He, 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 he transitions into it by talking about the earthly father. He said, now, if you, if you as an earthly father have a child that asks you for something, he said, you're going to give it to them. You're not going to try to trick them. If they ask for one thing, you give them another thing, but you're going to give them what they're asking if it's within your means. My father taught me not to give. He said, I don't give things away that I don't like. I don't give away. If I don't like it, then I don't try to give it to someone else. He said, I only give away things that I like. And I mentioned in the nine o'clock service that that his father had a guitar that he had bought at a pawn shop for $100. It was a Mosrite guitar but from the rock group The Ventures. That was, it was their signature guitar. And he passed it to my father, who had it for decades, who gave it to me. And Dad said, you could do whatever you want with it. You can sell it. But I held on to it. And at my son's 18th birthday, he's a guitarist, I gave it to him. The value of it had increased from $100 to a Luther said it's probably worth eight to $10,000. And I did have a moment where I thought maybe I have a few bills, maybe I should maybe not be so hasty in the giveaway. But I committed and gave it to my son. And it gives me joy to think that I gave him something of value. I wanted him to know that this is not to be traded away or just given away because it is something that has been handed down in our family from generation to generation. A friend will do it. He'll give you something if you're persistent. And he does love you, but he doesn't love you like an earthly father would love you and even give to you what he's able to give. But let's just take that to the third dimension, which the Heavenly Father, and this is what Luke is trying to teach us, the Heavenly Father, he's not just a friend, and he's better than any earthly father. The Bible says that your Heavenly Father, in fact, here's the phraseology, he says, how much more? I want you to get that, everybody just say that with me, how much more? more. That's a kingdom concept. How much more? That, that this, as a friend, you might do some things for me, but how much more will my heavenly father do what I need? How much more will he do than my earthly father can do? How much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him for it? So the concept here is persistence in prayer. But you've got to learn in life that if you want something, be persistent in it. I, I was taught that if you need a job, don't just go down. And I worked for, for what was called manpower. It was a day labor 
place. I just, I just, I was taught that if you really want a job, you don't just go down once or make a phone call. But, but my dad said, if you show up there every morning, they might tell you a few mornings, we don't have nothing for you. But, but after a while, you're going to show up and say, you know what, we do have something for you here. And they might send you out on a crummy job, but you just keep showing back up. And I think that's a kingdom concept, that, that if we keep showing up, and we keep asking, and we keep seeking, and we keep knocking, that we're going to tap into an element. We're going to step into something that we have never experienced before. And that's persistence is what is being communicated here, that we need to be a people of the ask. We need to be a people that will seek, and a people that will continue to knock persistently, so that when the gift that our Heavenly Father desires to give us, that gift that is already promised us, that it would not bypass us, but in the divine ask, he would hear your voice being lifted up. You say, well, I'm a nobody from nowhere. Then great, you're a perfect candidate for God to fill. Because he's not looking for pedigree. He's not looking for your history. All he is looking for is an empty vessel that will say, here am I, fill me. The writer to Ephesians said it like this. He said, do not be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And that's really something that I want to communicate to you today on Pentecost Sunday, that we, we can get filled with the things of this world so quickly and even intoxicated, not necessarily with wine, but intoxicated with entertainment and intoxicated with our careers and intoxicated to the point where it's excess in God doesn't even have a place in our life. But when we stop the madness of this world and we just say, Lord, I want you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. I, I want to be filled with the Spirit. I, I don't want to just be in a Spirit-filled atmosphere and notice that someone else got a blessing. But I want you to fill me to the fullness. And why would you not want every gift that God has for you? And there are people that will teach you because they're not interested in that. Well, it's not for you or it's only for a certain group of people. No, he said everyone who asks. Everyone who asks receives. And today I have an assignment from heaven to communicate the word of God to you and to tell you the Holy Spirit is for you. And this is your day. And you don't have to leave like you came in, but you can leave empowered and strengthened and refreshed and filled. And some of us, it's been a while since we've been renewed in the Holy Spirit. And others of us have never received the Holy Spirit. But I say today is the day. Now is the appointed time. And I believe believe that God is going to move through this place and touch us all through the building. And how many would just wave a hand and say, I want everything that God has for me. I see a few hands going up. Man, I see a few people with two hands going up. May you get a double blessing here today and may God fill you with everything that he has. Give him a hand of praise. Hallelujah. And when we look at the teaching of the Holy Spirit, we see that it actually begins in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. Genesis says, 1, 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, 
and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. The King James says, and the Spirit of God moved over the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. And I I submit to you today that God is still moving over the earth, and God is still speaking in the earth. And I want to be like, like my father who said he went to preach a revival in Canada, and he said the sayings were different. He said, and if you're here from Canada, you can correct me after the service is over, but he said he was in one church, and they had a saying which says, we want to be under the spouts where the glory comes out. And I think we ought to be under the spout. <laughs> we ought to be under heaven's spout where the glory comes out. I want to be where the Spirit of God is moving and hovering, and God is speaking light and life into my situation and so the spirit of God hovered over an empty world come here my brother would you help me here today somebody yes would you feel comfortable just come he hovered over an empty world you could just sit right there on a step yeah just sit right there can we give him a hand and and so he hovered over an empty world the spirit of God hovered and God spoke and he spoke light into the situation and I'm so glad that God didn't leave his creation dark and void but he didn't stop there by the time we get to the New Testament we begin to read in the first chapter of the book of Luke and can I borrow you Lindsay for just a moment and the Bible says that he came to this young girl named Mary you can have a seat right there be careful there. And you could, and he came to this young girl, Mary, and look what the word of God began to declare. The, the, the Bible said, Mary said to the angel, because he said that you're going to have a child. And Mary said to the angel, I'm not prophesying right now over you. Amen. But he just said, she said, how could this be? Because I don't know a man. And the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is to be born in you will be called the Son of God. We celebrate this message on Christmas. We preach about Mary and we preach about the incarnation. That that he showed up in creation, but then he showed up in the incarnation. And he showed up, which was the birth of Christ. And I'm just using this as an object lesson because he hovered over the face of the deep and he spoke light into the situation but then he sent Jesus who was to be the light to the world into this young lady's life he overshadowed her life the power of the Holy Ghost overshadowed her and did a divine work in her and I'm so glad that Jesus came in fact John began to talk about his coming in John chapter 1 and we know how that passage starts. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. That logos, that thought was in the mind of God in the very beginning. But the 14th verse says this, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And then the Message Bible says it like this. The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. 
Man, that shouts me. If this sanctuary wasn't so big, I'd run around this church for just a moment. That when God moves into the neighborhood, it changes everything. That God came to earth. God, who is a spirit, was manifest in the flesh and came to earth. And when he moved into the neighborhood, he moved into the neighborhood on assignment. And this was his assignment. He declared it in Luke chapter 4. He said when he stood in the synagogue and read from the scrolls, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those that are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That was his assignment. And he's still healing the brokenhearted. He's still setting the oppressed free. In fact, John declared that his mission was to destroy the works of the devil. 1 John 3, 8. He didn't come to fight the devil. He didn't come to be the devil's counterpart. The Bible said he actually came to destroy. For this purpose was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Thank you. You all are going to have to help. No, go ahead. Don't, don't leave. But thank you for helping me preach for just a moment. I'll release you in just a moment. And he came to destroy the works of the devil. Nicholas Robbins, who is a part of a Christian prisoner fellowship, he, I, I, I had dinner with him one night, and he said, man, I've been in prisons all over, and he is a pastor in Mississippi. He said, I've been in prisons all over. He said, I was terrified one night when I was teaching a Bible study. They actually locked me in and forgot that I was back in, and I was locked in after curfew for just a, a short time until they realized he was there. And he said, so I've been in some difficult situations and baptized. He's baptized hundreds of prisoners. And I will tell you, there's a great revival in prisons, no matter what a man or woman has done, that the Spirit of God is not limited by bars, not limited by chains. He's not limited by the past of people. We, we put so many labels on people, but, but God, God can forgive. And even if somebody has murdered somebody or they've done the most hideous of crimes, we don't uh, don't that, but we know the blood of Jesus can forgive and wash and cleanse. And so many broken men and women have been saved in a prison. And Nicholas said this. He said, he said, there one of the most amazing things that happened to me. He said, I was baptizing prisoners. And he said, in this particular prison, and you can call Nicholas if you want, I can give you his contact information. But he said, he said that the, the roughest prisoner, he said, actually the guy that everyone was terrified of in the prison, even the guards had a deep respect for. He wanted, he told me he wanted to be baptized. They set up a moment for him to be baptized. Uh, separate from the other prisoners. And they said when he came out, they left the chains on his hands and his feet. He said, I took him to the water and I baptized him in water. And he said, when he came out of the water, he threw his hands up. And when he did, he said the chains broke on his hands. He told me that the chains broke on his feet as well. And here's what he told me. He said, Anthony, the prisoner then told me, he said, I, I didn't even believe that God was real. He said, I just had, I just decided 
that God, if you're real, I'm going to be baptized, but, but what I want you to do is I want you to break these chains off of me when I am baptized. And he said when he came out of the water, he... The chains were broken, and he received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, if God could do that for the roughest man in that prison, who are you to say that God couldn't do it in your life on this Sunday morning, that he couldn't feel you and not break the physical chains, but some of us have chains on our mind and chains on our spirit, and we're chained to our past. But God wants to break us free so that we can move forward. And if that's you today, somebody say yes. And so God moved over, he hovered over an empty world. <laughs> the Spirit of God moved. And he hovered over an empty womb. And he overshadowed Mary. And Jesus, the light of the world, was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. But I couldn't stop there on a Pentecost Sunday. In fact, I'm not even to Pentecost Sunday yet because I need a little more help. Who will help me here? Brother, would you help me here? He not only, he not only overshadowed an empty world, but he overshadowed an empty womb. But on Easter Sunday, we celebrate something. What's your name? John, thank you for helping me. On Easter Sunday, we celebrate the fact that the tomb was empty, that Jesus, the death, burial, and resurrection, that he got up out of the grave. And it was a supernatural event, overshadowed an empty world, overshadowed an empty womb, but he also overshadowed an empty tomb. He, he supernaturally emptied the tomb that when they went on that Sunday morning, the Bible said, they said, he is not here, for he has risen. Do you know the significance of an empty tomb? Paul did in the book of Romans chapter 8. He said this. He said, he said, he first of all said, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. The Amplified says, and you can read it. He said, he's not even a child of God. But a couple of verses later, he says, if the spirit that was in Christ be in you. It will also resurrect your mortal bodies by that self-same spirit. So I got to get the process to you. He overshadowed an empty world and he overshadowed an empty womb and he supernaturally emptied the tomb. And I'm thankful for the resurrection. But when I step 50 days from the empty tomb, which is the day we stand on, Brother Joel, come help me. When we read what Pastor shared with us at the beginning of this message from Acts chapter 2, the Spirit of God overshadowed an empty world and overshadowed an empty womb. And he emptied the tomb, but he completely filled an upper room. The Bible said, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place in one accord. <laughs> Ooh, hallelujah. They were in one place and they were in one accord. And guess what happened? There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it set on each one of them. No one in the house was exempt but everyone was filled. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. Ooh, 
hallelujah. He overshadowed an empty world, but he didn't stop there. He had a plan and overshadowed that empty womb, but he emptied out the tomb because he had, a, he had an assignment for you and I. Fifty days later, he what? He completely filled the upper room. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. And I just got to tell you that our Heavenly Father desires to give the Holy Spirit to those that ask Him for it. And it is His plan not for this to just be some historical thing that you can read about and say, isn't that nice? But when you begin to ask your Heavenly Father, I have a friend that might do some things for me, and I have an earthly father or someone who acted as an earthly father that's given me a few things, but can nobody do me like Jesus? Come on, I need one more person to help me. Come on, my brother, you can help me. Do you know... It, it, I'm just using you as an example. I don't know nothing about your life, but I thank God for you, my brother. That, that I'm just using him as an example so that you can see yourself. That it, God desires to fill you with the power of his spirit. But it's not going to happen if you don't want it. He's a gentleman. He'll, you can reject him. You can walk out. You can do things your own way. Or you can say, God, I do I desperately need you. I'm a pastor. I've been preaching for years, but I still get down on my knees and say, God, I can't do this without your help. I can't do that. I don't want to do it without your power. If we're going to serve in the kingdom and worship a witness in the kingdom, then we need the partnership of the Holy Spirit in our life. We need Jesus. Thank you all. Let's give all of these a big hand. Ah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And I say to you that everyone that asks, it shall be given. And everyone that seeks will find. Knock and it shall be open. If a son asks bread from a father, he'll give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, a serpent. No, no, no. But if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? How much more? There's a dimension that God is wanting to open up to us. It's a dimension of how much more. I don't have everything that God wants for me to have in my life. I'm still seeking. I'm still searching. I haven't arrived yet. I'm still asking. I, I want to be more like him. I want to know more about him. And I, this journey is not ever going to be completed until I transition from this life into the next life. But I know that the principle of how much more ought to be active in all of our lives. How many are hungry for more of God? Let me see. Man, I feel it in this place today. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place today. Would you stand with me? I believe the Lord would have me share a passage from Revelation chapter 22. Chapter 22 and verse 7. The musicians and the singers can get in position the words are read because it is the words of Christ who said, Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Now I, John, saw and heard these things, and when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. Then he said to me, See that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant and your brethren the prophets and those who keep the words of this book. I like this. Worship God. Would you say that with me? Yeah, don't worship me. 
We don't worship earthly men or women. Worship God. And he said to me, do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book for the time is at hand. He, he who is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he who is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He is who is holy, let him be holy still. Read this with me. Is it on the screen? Yes. Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the, I'm the Alpha. I'm the A. I'm the, the one that hovered over the empty world. But I, that was just the first part of the story. <laughs> but I'm also the one that filled the upper room. And I'm so glad that the moving of the Spirit didn't stop 2,000 years ago at an upper room. But on a Pentecost Sunday in June of 2022, the Spirit of God is available for you and I. And all we have to do is ask our Heavenly Father to fill us with the gift of the Holy Ghost. He said the beginning and the end, the first and the last, and blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and enter the gates of the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bride and the morning star, verse 17. And the spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take of the water of life freely. The Bible says the Spirit and the bride say, Come. We know who the Holy Spirit is. It's the Spirit of God. But do you, you know who the bride is? It's the church. The church of the living God. And when the Spirit says come, and the church says come, just like the message has been presented today, the Bible then says, if you hear that message, if you hear that invitation, that whoever desires, let them take of the water freely, that you can come to Jesus. And like he said in John, in John chapter 7, that this, this drink that you're going to have, you're never going to thirst again. That, that I'm going to put something in your belly that's going to be like a river of living water. Before we go any further, I'd like for you to lift your hands all over this building. And I just, I just want you, I want you to begin to pray and, and ask God to fill you with His Holy Spirit. As you're praying, some of you may want to take a moment if there's anything in your life and you just take a moment and just repent of it. It doesn't take a long time for you to confess it, but just confess it. Get it out of the way and say, God, I don't want there to be anything blocking in my relationship with you. And then I want you just to begin to, to give the divine ask and say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I'm asking you to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I'm asking for your blood to cover me, God, because I need you so desperately. I pray that if there's anything, whether conscious or unconscious, that separated me from you, that you would forgive me and wash me from it. I repent of it today. I put it in the past and I have no intention of ever going back. 
but I want to step into that new life with you. I pray, God, that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit. I pray that the Holy Ghost would be poured out upon my life, upon every person, that on Pentecost Sunday that I could experience the moving of your Spirit. Speak life into the darkness of my situation. Speak hope into the hopelessness of my life. I pray that your Spirit would come and that you would fill me with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. All over this building, I'd like for as many as will to step out from where you're at. If you're just hungry for more of God, where you've received the Spirit before or not, it doesn't matter. But I'd like, to, I'd like for you just to come. The Spirit of the Bride say come. Today the invitation is for more of God. Would you come all over this building? If this is your first time and you came with a guest or a friend, just say, just take them by the hand and go with me. If you're here by yourself, just, just, just come. The Spirit of the Bride say come. And I believe that God is going to pour His Spirit out. We have, we have just we have as much time as we need today, and we have plenty of room here today. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? As the Spirit of God deals with you, I want you to come down and just lift your hands to Him. And I want you to ask God to fill you with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. If you're sitting in the congregation somewhere, would you lift your hands to Him and begin to pray? And as we pray, I believe that God can fill you with the precious gift of His Spirit. By the power and authority of the name of Jesus, I speak faith over the people that have come together here today. And I ask that you would fill them with your precious Holy Ghost. Lord Jesus, give them faith to ask today. Let them be filled with your Spirit. Do a work like only you can do. Hallelujah. Maybe you would just pray with somebody near you. Just pray with somebody near you. A family member or someone that you feel comfortable with. Open your mouth today and just begin to worship Him. And ask Him, Lord, would you fill me with your precious gift of the Holy Spirit. Let's lift our voices and let's worship together. And let's pray and let God do what only He can do. Hallelujah, hallelujah. As we're praying here today, somebody may have repented of their sins. Just like I have to repent of my sins. And when you do, we want to make available to you water baptism. A minister will go to water and baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Why wait another day? Why wait another moment? I believe God sent me here today to preach this message because somebody is hungry for Him. Would you just, if you have to lay your hand on yourself, say, Holy Spirit, move in my life. Just come in. Refresh my mind. Fill my heart. Holy Spirit, fill my home. Holy Spirit, speak life and life into my situation. If you need someone to pray with you, 
blame the party, the other party. We, we blame Russia. We, there's lots of places we can point our finger. Let me tell you what will solve 95% of what's wrong in this world is a Holy Ghost revival. Come on, amen. And you know what? We, and I want you to know, in the last days, the Bible said God is going to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. So I want us to pray and invite the Holy Spirit Though a lot of people are not inviting God. They don't even know to invite God into their situation. But you know what? As a church, why don't we pray for God to baptize this nation with Holy Ghost fire, amen? From the north to the south to the east to the west, I want God to pour out His Spirit, amen? So right now, and the Bible says that if the people of my name, the people who are called by my name, well, humble themselves and pray. He's going to do what? He's going to heal our land. Come on, the government can't heal our land. Programs can't heal our land. Counselors can't heal our land. The school system's not going to heal it. The Republicans are not going to fix it. The Democrats are not going to. God can heal this land. Why don't we lift our hands and let's pray and ask that right now. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, God, you moved on an empty world. You moved on an empty womb. You moved, God, and emptied the tomb. God, we know you can move on this land. I pray, God, that you would pour out your spirit in a mighty way. I pray, God, that it would begin in the house of God. And it would begin with believers, Lord God. That we would allow your fire to consume us, set us on fire, God. And Lord, I pray that it would spread to the north, to the east, to the west, to the south. I pray, Lord God, that fire would fall. I pray that you would heal this land. God, that we would come back to you in a greater way. I pray, Lord, that we would fall on our faces before you. God, I pray that your glory and your anointing would move into our families, into our cities, into our communities, into our neighborhoods. God, set us free. Set us free. God, heal this land of addictions. Heal this land of racism. Heal this land, God, of, of, uh, of immorality. Heal this, God, of our atheism and our agnosticism in this land. Help us, oh God, to seek your face. Heal us, Lord. Heal us, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name. And can we one last time just give him a praise together, amen? Come on, he's worthy of our praise. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! We give you high praise. We worship and adore your name. Holy is the name of the Lord. Holy is the name of the Lord. Aren't you glad the baptism of His Spirit was not just for the day of Pentecost? Come on. Aren't you glad it was not just for the Apostle Paul? Aren't you glad it was not just for the first early church, but it's still happening today? Amen. God bless you. We love each and every one of you. Be sure to stop by a table in the back. 
the hub leaders will be back at the back, life group leaders to answer any questions you have about groups to help you sign up. We're going to be signing up for the next two weeks. Join a life group this summer. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday. Amen. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.